Welcome to uh, an emergency edition of the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast. Uh, it's Lucas Cameron and Tyler here. Uh, normally, we post podcasts later in the week, uh, Thursday, Friday, somewhere in that range. But uh, we can't wait that long to talk about what went down just yesterday. Uh, Julio Jones getting traded to the Tennessee Titans for a mere second round pick. So we're here. We're going to discuss that here. A little roundtable discussion. Talk about what we see for, for Julio's stock, what we see for uh, A.J. Brown, uh, Titans offense, Falcons offense, and the like. So uh, we'll keep this one short, but we couldn't let this one sit and marinate until Thursday because it's old news at that point, and we're not about old news. So, fellas, no, how are we doing today? At all. We're doing great. Fantastic. Astounding. Yeah, fantastic. Astounding. You know, little uh, little sunburn on the face because we sat through a uh, outdoor graduation the other day, but you know what? There's fantasy football to talk about now. Nothing else matters. Uh, nothing a little sunburn can't stop, right? We got to talk fantasy here. Cool. Never. Let's just get into it right away uh, to keep this one short. Uh, Cameron, let's start with you. What were first thoughts when you heard the Julio news go down that he was traded from the Falcons to the Titans? Um, I don't know. I thought I was kind of excited. I think it just changes so much in the fantasy landscape for those two teams. Um I had Calvin really shoot up my draft board. I was already pretty high on him. I don't think my rankings necessarily necessarily reflected how high I was on Calvin Ridley because I think he can fall. Like now I have him at 10 and I think he can like stay in that range or he can shoot up to one, you know, because he has that potential and Julio's not there. Same with Pitts, And then, um, but yeah, I was just, just kind of excited overall. Yeah. Tyler, what about you? What were your first thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think just from a roster management standpoint, it's a great move for Tennessee because now you just add an absolute elite weapon that will complement AJ Brown. Um, but that offense is now oh, like dare I say the scariest offense in the NFL because you've got Derrick Henry who will just stiff arm you, truck you, do whatever to not get tackled. Then you hit the play action, you can hit AJ Brown or Julio, who are probably two of the best, you know, receivers in open space in the NFL. So, um, like I said, a great roster management move for for Tennessee in terms of a fantasy impact. I think the one player that actually, um, you know, their stock increases in my mind is actually Mike Davis. Um, yeah, Calvin Ridley is going to move up the board just because he's not going to have to fight for targets anymore. Kyle Pitts kind of stays the same. Um, I don't know how you can move a rookie tight end up any higher than I think some of us already have him. Right. Um, but like I said, Mike Davis is now going to be that much more utilized now, whether that's carries or passes out of the backfield. So, um my love for Mike Davis was already high and I think it went even higher after Julio left. So. Yeah. Mike Davis, really good receiving back uh, to go for McCaffrey last year, filled that role very nicely. Um, a few more targets open up for him, hopefully. Uh, my first thoughts. Um, I mean, this isn't fantasy relevant, but <laughs> they got, they traded him for a second round pick. And a, and a fourth. Yep. Yep. And a fourth. Thank you. Thank you. The, the second was the, the second was the headliner though. Yes. Ooh, big headliner. Um, I mean, and when you look at, I mean, some of the numbers, I just saw these today, Julio has been second in targets since 2011. These numbers are second in targets 
second in receptions, first in receiving yards, first in yards after catch, first first in 100-yard games, excuse me, and tied for first in 1,000-yard seasons. That's worth a second-round pick. Um, and, and we can talk about the logistics of all that and the politics that go into why he was only a second-round pick. But regardless, um, I think that just baffles me at the end of the day. It's just a travesty in my mind. But yep. the Titans did what they had to do. They got their number two guy, um, like you both have said, and that offense just becomes all of a sudden more dynamic. So um, let's talk Julio specifically. Um, Cameron, you mentioned Calvin Ridley going up your board. Tyler, you mentioned Mike Davis going up your board a little bit. What about Julio? Uh, where was Julio at in your rankings and where is he at now? Um, Tyler, why don't you kick us off with that? Sure. So um, before the trade, I had him at wide receiver 18, um, which I thought was pretty fair just because he can't produce, but he's just got to stay healthy. And it seemed like with Julio, he's on this every other year kind of pattern where he's top five one year, next year he'll get hurt and then he plays maybe half the season. So and now with what he's 32, 31. Wrong side of 30. I know that much. Yeah. So yeah. it I it was hard to justify a top 15 for me. Um after this trade, I initially moved him up to 13. And I think I'm still gonna have to think on it for a couple days because mm-hmm. does a switch to Tennessee really make him that high of a receiver? I mean, he's going from a offense that um, was very pass heavy and was fighting for targets with Calvin Ridley. And now he's going to a run first offense and will fight for targets with another wide receiver. Um, So like I said, I'm, I initially put him at 13 right now, um, but (laughs) I wouldn't even be surprised if I go back in tomorrow and I'm like, you know what, maybe it's more like a, like a 15 or 16. Um, so yeah, that's where I've got him right now. We'll see, you know, what happens tomorrow, but even, I mean, heck these rankings will change constantly up until week one of the NFL. So. Yeah. I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, Cameron, where do you have him at? I had him at 18. I kept him at 18. I just think, I think it's the same as Tyler. I think AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley are so good. Um, even my rankings, the only, the only change I really made was I flipped Calvin Ridley and AJ Brown. I had Calvin, I had AJ at nine and Calvin at 11 and now I got Calvin at nine, AJ at 11. Um, mm-hmm. I just think they're going to get the same amount of quality. Like who is going to get the same amount of quality targets as he would in Atlanta. Um, just because instead of, like you were saying, like he's fighting for those receptions with AJ Brown and, and, um, but before he was fighting with them with Calvin Ridley and, and Kyle Pitts in an offense that threw more. So I think he's going to get the same amount of targets. Um, Derrick Henry is definitely going to help spread that um, or open up the field for him because defense has still got to have six guys in the box every time Derrick Henry is on the field because you can't stop him with four, four guys in the box. And so um, he he's going to get – I think he'll probably actually get more one-on-one um, this year than he has. And I also think – the thing about Julio is he, I feel like he's going to come in super motivated. Like he's just going to come in. Like I need to prove it right now. You know, like this is my last chance to prove it. Otherwise teams are never going to take a chance on me again. And if he can come do that, then they're going to be like, Oh, well, father time didn't catch up to Julio. It was just a, a blip of the season last year. So I don't know. I think that'd be really interesting to watch. 
Yeah, don't disagree with anything that's already been said. Don't think I really need to add anything. I moved Julio up from uh, wide receiver 18 to wide receiver 15. Um, I think part of it is just in a more, um, uh, I'll say a dynamic offense with the dual threat of uh, Derrick Henry and having guys in the box. I don't think that's the same threats in Atlanta. All of a sudden, Kyle Pitts uh, isn't there to compete with targets anymore either. So um, I bumped him up a couple spots, but I think like Tyler, I'm going to sit on that for a couple of days and, um, I, Julio's probably going to be all over my board. Um, probably as low as 20, but could be as high as like 10 at some point too. But regardless, I have him at 15 right now. And I think that's where I'm comfortable with him at. Uh, so Cameron, you've talked about the other pass catcher in that Titans offense and AJ Brown, uh, you had him drop a little bit because of Julio's targets. Tyler, what about you? What do you, um, where, where do you have AJ Brown at now? How does the addition of Julio affect his fantasy impact or outlook for you? Yeah, so A.J. Brown, um, before the trade, was my wide receiver 10. Um, Cameron actually graciously traded me A.J. Brown last year, <laughs> and he paid the price for it. So um, Zach Ertz I, was a great get, okay? I, yeah, I was going to say, I was. I just want to – And Chris Godwin and Deshaun Watson, all right? It wasn't Zach Ertz for A.J. Brown straight up. I don't I don't want yep. that being the thought either. So. Sorry, sorry. I just had to mention that. Cameron just such a nice fancy player that he just offered me AJ Brown. So, um, championship. <laughs> oh Sorry, I just had to bring that up. Just had, just had to say it. AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown. <laughs> um, so, like I said, he was my wide receiver ten, um, and he's in the same boat as Julio, um, where I, I still cannot find a good spot for him. I have him at fourteen right now, and I really think that's kind of low. Um. See, because my whenever I'm ranking, my thought goes to okay, who's one and who's two, right? And I think with Atlanta, that was one of the best duos where you're like, okay, this is the one time where a one A and one B receiver are actually both going to be productive, so I can justify a higher ranking for both of them. But something tells me that this isn't this or this is the same case, but these are two very different. It's two very different situations, I should say. So, is is Julio really wide receiver two? Is he one? Is he one B? Is he still one A? Um, so once I once you see a little bit more, you know, in the coming days, coming weeks, I think then we'll start to kind of solidify a spot. But I I would not be surprised if my rankings go like AJ Brown then Julio or vice versa. So. Yeah, I think AJ Brown. I mean, he can still be a wide receiver one this year, or at least top three. I think. I think Ridley's the same. Um, obviously, if Julio can pl- figure out how to play like he had before, I mean, he can obviously, be, obviously, be wide receiver one, just because we know he can put up monster games. Now, that's a big if if he can get back to where he was two years ago. Uh, but I don't know. I just think they all have that potential still to break out. I don't think that goes away with um, Julio moving over to Tennessee. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It seems like a very similar situation other than they now have Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, And I'll make this a yes or no question. Um, Does the addition of Julio change your outlook on Derrick Henry and your running back position for him this season? No. Excellent. That was my opinion as well. (laughs) <laughs> the only thing on Derrick Henry is the pace at which he's kept at, the amount of amount of touches he's been getting. 
there's only one player in NFL history who's had as much touches as he like comparably as much touches as he did last year and then kept it up for the next year. And that was Adrian Peterson. Hmm. So, I mean, looking at Derrick Henry, I mean, his size, the way he runs the ball, I, I don't doubt that he can do it. It's just, I mean, history is not on his side, but if anybody's going to do it, it's Derrick Henry. So. Right. I think we're likely to see, excuse me, regression from Derrick Henry this year, just on, on the front of, he had so many touches last year and I just don't think he's going to see that again this year and now with the addition of Julio. Uh, But at the same time, get those top five running backs. And I really don't think it's enough to make me knock him two, three, four spots, right? Like it's, all those guys at the top have their flaws. And I, I think it comes down to a matter of preference. So um, I'm with y'all. Don't yeah, really no matter see. what, I don't think he leaves the top six. No, no not goodness. No, no. no he, I think, I think he's still top three running back. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you switch Camara in for Henry if Jameis starts, but I, I, there's no way he drops below four. Yeah. I, I don't trust Saquon enough and is healthy yet. Um, and, Zeke is just too volume dependent for me. Um, not volume dependent, but there's so many weapons, so many mouths to feed that offense that it's almost a disadvantage for Zeke. So anyways, um, cool. Um, that in terms of my thoughts on AJ Brown, um, I bumped him down. I had him at wide receiver six, I believe. And I bumped him down to wide receiver eight. Um, Again, nothing else that hasn't been said already. I don't know who's going to be 1A and who's going to be 1B. All I know is that I think they're still going to be top 20 wide receivers. Where I have them in that top 20 is going to fluctuate, but I feel comfortable with a, keeping A.J. Brown inside my top 10 at this moment in time after the trade. So um, last Titans player before we can move on to how it impacts the Falcons players then, um, just because that's where Julio came from, Ryan Tannehill. Um, Cameron, what – What's uh, how does this change your outlook on Ryan Tannehill going into the I season? I moved Tannehill up to wide or wide receiver quarterback number eleven. Okay. I mean, he's in an offense now where play action in that offense is going to be deadly no matter what. When you have Derrick Henry, that's just how it's going to be because teams have to respect that run. You know, if you start backing out, Henry's going to get six yards of carry, so they need to respect that. Also he has two wide receivers now where he can literally just throw the ball up in the air and one of them is going to get it. That's what Julio did for Matt Ryan for you know, 10 years now. Right. And he's still, he's, his size is not going to go away with age, you know, like he's st- still the same height. He's going to still be the same weight. He's going to be able to get those balls and AJ Brown's a special talent. So when you have, can have two wide receivers like that, it's hard not to succeed. And Hannah has got a sneaky little amount of running that he can do too. We saw that in that Green Bay game last year in that 40-yard run. So he'll put a you can put up some numbers with his legs. I mean, it's not going to be like 10 points a game. It might be like one or two points a game. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, that does help when you're thinking about quarterback rankings because all those top 12 quarterbacks are within four points of each other. So I I moved him up to 11. I can see him probably staying in that probably 14 to like seven range. Um, I think is where he's going to end up falling within. Um, I'm leaning towards the higher part of that just because of how that offense is seeing that they're really trying to work Henry into more um, catches this year. So getting him involved in more ways, I just think that's going to help out Tannehill a lot fantasy wise. Tyler, your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I have about 11 as well. Um, Copy. And, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, 
I have to I have to actually get back, you know, get back on cam for taking all the players that I should have taken in the mock draft. So this is my only way to get them back. So anyway, um I would I I go back to the first episode that we talked about in Cam's headline of like the you know, the top nine or ten quarterbacks, how you really don't have to like reach for a quarterback if one of them falls into your lap, perfect, right? I think you can add Tannehill to that conversation now where if he, I mean, heck, if he falls into that second tier quarterback, I guess, that's amazing value. Just knowing that, like Cam said, he could run the ball and he's got two targets now. And plus, you shouldn't really sleep on Anthony Ferkser, the tight end Mm -hmm. in Tennessee, because Tennessee has loved utilizing their tight ends as receivers. So I think there's plenty of opportunity for Tannehill to go even above 11, like Cam said, to go as high as like seven or six. Um, so if, if he falls into your lap in a fantasy draft and you need a quarterback, take him, take him. Yeah. yeah if Tannehill's your backup quarterback. That's just awesome. You know, and then you <laughs> oh, don't have to worry about quarterback at all for the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. Right. You're set. Yeah, I think Tannehill's one of those guys, at least at this moment, um, I think we'll have a lot of hype generated around him, but closer to draft days in you know, late July, middle, early, middle August, I think Tannehill won't catch as much buzz anymore. And I think it's just because his name is Ryan Tannehill and all we can think of of Ryan Tannehill is the Dolphins here. Um, at least that's still me, but uh, I have Tannehill. Unlike you two, I have Ryan Tannehill at QB 12. Um, still have... Jalen Hurts at QB 11, but we're not talking about Jalen Hurts right now. Biggest head shake, eye rolls. They don't agree with me. I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. But Ryan Tannehill, I have my QB 12. Had him behind guys like uh, Stafford and Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan. uh, Moved him, excuse me, up uh, a few spots now ahead of those guys. Um, Not quite in that top 10 range, but uh, knocking on the door, I think, like you both have said, could be uh, a top 10 guy towards the end of this season we could see so i think that covers the titans let's talk um falcons here now uh, let's move on to maybe the person who's most impacted by uh the departure of julio jones calvin ridley um ty let's start with you what what changes about calvin ridley's stock for you now um i think so Ridley moves up one spot for me um but he's got this, he's probably got one of the highest ceilings in all of fantasy. Um, clearly there's a, a good connection between Matt Ryan and Kevin Ridley where Matt Ryan clearly trusts him. Um, I guess the one thing to kind of look out for now um, is our teams going to double team Kevin Ridley a lot, or are they going to put a safety over the top? Um I mean, that does kind of leave the field open to Kyle Pitts. And I think teams would be willing to sacrifice a rookie season for Kyle Pitts just to see what he's made of in order to double team Calvin Ridley. So, um, but if teams still are going man to man on Calvin Ridley, man, I mean, Ridley's one of the best route runners, one of the best, you know, all around wide receivers in the game. So, he's still worthy of a wide receiver one pick in my mind. Um, But we'll see what happens if defenses double team him. And I think in that scenario, 
you know, maybe try to move him. I mean, while there's still value to his name, but you've got to, I mean, you've got to really watch the games in depth to be like in the know of like, Oh yeah, definitely going to maybe look to get some value back for Ridley. But like I said, he's still a wide receiver one in my mind. Yeah. If Ridley managed to fall to me in round three, I would be ecstatic. You know, he's just that good. Yep. Those first three games last year that he had, he was 30 points a game. It was unreal. He was wide receiver two. Yeah, he was. Wide receiver one, actually. Yeah, he was the best receiver in football those first three games. And all of last year, he had the highest completion set percentage of any wide receiver in the 10 to 20-yard range. Like, if you're catching passes in the 10 to 20 yard range that's going to put up fantasy points especially if you're and i think he was also the most completions in the 10 to 20 yard range last year so if you're doing that over and over again that's going to put up a lot of fantasy points and that's going to help you score a lot of a lot more touchdowns and he's been a touchdown monster his whole career um he he was the reason julio wasn't catching a ton of touchdowns these last two seasons because every time they're in the red zone ridley went out and caught it he just has great gets great separation is always open and he catches everything. So I don't think there's much more you can ask for in a wide receiver one. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think Ridley has more than proven himself. Um, yeah, I think like you said, Tyler, it'd be interesting to see how teams now all of a sudden handle Calvin Ridley and at what expense they want to see um, Kyle Pitts go to work too. But again, as a first year tight end in the league, history shows they're not necessarily um, all that they're made out to be. But I don't know, it's Kyle Pitts, and we're trading him like he can be the next, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. So um, I won't confine him there. But anyways, uh, I bumped Calvin Ridley uh, into my top 10 wide receivers. I had him, I believe, right around the 13, 14, 15 range. Um, I've got him a wide receiver seven now. Uh, don't necessarily don't necessarily take uh, PFF fantasy football as gospel, but they updated Calvin Ridley's projections to – uh, 100 catches this year, 50, over 15,000 yards, nine touchdowns, and being the number two overall wide receiver in fantasy. So, again, I, <laughs> I'm not saying you should take that as gospel. I'm not saying you should uh, draft Ridley as wide receiver two. I, like I said, I have him at seven. I feel good about having him at seven. So, I, I again, Nothing that hasn't been said already. I think Ridley will be a fine wide receiver one this year. If you can snag him around the Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen range, I think you you got yourself a home run. So Ridley's a guy who I think people should definitely be paying attention to, paying attention to closer to draft time. So last guy in that Falcons offense, I think that's really worth talking about. Um, I think Tyler did all the Mike Davis justice that we need to do on this podcast for for right now at least but uh Kyle Pitts we've talked about him already a little bit um I mean all of us had him pretty insanely high on our boards already which we weren't sure how we all felt about but um Cameron where did you have Kyle Pitts where do you have him now do you think his outlook changes much I didn't move him I got him right behind TJ Hawkinson Mark Andrews tight end six yeah I think he's gonna be I would be willing to take a flyer on him there just because I don't trust any of the other tight ends behind him, really. I think, like, Dallas Goddard, Mike Gusecki, maybe Noah Fant, Logan Thomas, Thomas, Robert Tunyon, if um, Roger stays, can all put up decent numbers. But it's not like, oh, if I miss out on one of them, I'm going to be heartbroken, you know? 
Yeah. So, yep. but at the same time, if Kyle Pitts is everything that they've dreamed him up to be, if he's worth it, worthy of that for, fourth overall pick in his first year, not saying that if he's not that good this year, that he's not worth that fourth overall pick. But if he starts this year, he could be in that conversation of Travis Kelsey, George Kill, Darren Waller. Like it, his ceiling is ridiculous right now, mm-hmm. just because we don't we don't really know what to expect from a Kyle Pitts. So if he falls to me, I'm not going to reach for Kyle Pitts just because at the same time, if I take him over my wide receiver three on my team and he doesn't pan out, that that'd really suck, you know? So I think he kind of falls to me. I don't even know what round I'd, I'd take him in, but if he fell back to me, I would, wouldn't have a problem taking him. What about you, Tyler? Yeah, same as Cam. I didn't move him on my board. I have him at tight end eight. Um, just so we, I've got to see a season. I mean, if there's, if there's one rookie that, um, I don't necessarily need to see a season of it's Jamar chase, but that's mainly just because of Joe Burrow. So, um, yeah, I think with, with Pitts, um, I don't think he, I, See, I, I'm so confused with their new head coach, Arthur Smith, because he was the OC in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, who just ran the ball. So unless Arthur Smith is like an offensive genius and can get, you know, guys into space, you could see Pitts become, you know, a Darren Waller almost, right? Where he can demand a high, you know, target ratio or target to catch ratio and all that so um yeah it doesn't really move um not yep not gonna reach for him um but i would say if you can if you take him and you find another tight end later like uh hunter henry of the world um i think you would be pretty pretty well set at tight end yeah if i'm taking kyle pitts as my tight end one I want another guy in the top 10 in case he doesn't pan out. Um, I had Kyle Pitts at tight end eight behind um, Logan Thomas and Noah Fant bumped him up ahead of those two. I just, now that there's more targets, it didn't feel right to keep him behind those two because the only reason why I still had him behind those two was just that I had my reservations on him still of, we don't know. He's a first year tight end. Um, and I'll keep preaching this. I was big on TJ Hawkinson his first year in the league. I thought he went to the perfect offense in Detroit where uh, Galladay was the clear one. And Marvin Jones was like wide receiver two and a half because he just couldn't figure out how to be the most consistent wide receiver two in the world. Um, but Hawkinson took a year to develop and I've learned my lesson since. Um, so I, but with man, there's just so many targets vacated now for Kyle Pitts to take we could talk to me Russell Gage is going to take some of those I think Russell Gage shoots up a board but I don't think he's I don't think he's worth talking about he's a late round flyer guy if you're going to take someone I think Um, I'm taking both Ridley and Pitts before I take a strong look at Russell Gage but um, Tyler I saw your eyebrows kind of raised so I'll maybe let you lead off closing remarks with what you have to say about Russell Gage but yeah I've got I've got a little um little note for Russell Gage. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this earlier, but 
um, after the bye last year for the Falcons. Granted, there was a coaching change and all that stuff, but um, stats are saying that Gage was on pace for 140 targets, 90 receptions, 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns after the bye. Wow. So when was the bye? I think it was like week six or something. I think it was first half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an earlier buy for the Falcons last year, so that's something to keep an eye out on. Um, certainly, you're not going to start Russell Gage on your <laughs> on your team week to week. Um, but if you can, t- if he's your, I don't know, fourth receiver fourth, on your yeah. team, yep, and he does kind of keep that production going like you did last year with Matt Ryan, um. Shoot, you've got you've got a pretty good, pretty good wide receiver core for your fantasy team. So that's uh, that was pretty interesting because it was like, okay, literally like you go Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, then who? Then you're like, oh right, yeah, right, Russell Gage. But after you hear those stats, you're like, oh maybe I should take a a closer look at Russell Gage. So I would say just keep your eyes on him. Um, take a late flyer on him if he's still there um, and just kind of hope and pray that that connection between Matt Ryan and him stays going. So. Yeah. yeah Cameron, sure. I think, yeah, I think he's it. a top 50, 50 wide receiver now. Mm-hmm. I think because at my 50, I got Marvin Jones and I think he can be better than Marvin Jones is this year. So I don't see why he can't sneak into that. And he's got a lot of room to move up in those in those rankings because as as you get down um in the jarvis landry Corey davis jalen waddle cole beasley is uh marquise browns those are all guys that you don't really know what you're going to get from or get out of them yet and they're all they're guys because some of them are in new situations some of them have just never been consistent in their career some of them are rookies so he's a guy that definitely like you're looking in the last round 12, round 11, 13, 14, that you wouldn't hurt to take a flyer on. But a lot of those guys you end up dropping anyways if they don't pan out. And so why not just take a flyer on a guy who, like Ty was saying, was putting up, was on pace to put up crazy stats for a guy that we weren't even going to talk about. So, I'm Yeah, I, absolutely. I think Russell Gage is a guy you should look at in the later rounds. I don't think you need to draft him any earlier than your wide receiver three if you draft him as your wide receiver three i hope you stocked up on running back before then so um i think that's all we need to cover in terms of julio so um thanks for tuning in getting uh all the news from the fantasy football fellas want to stay up to date make sure you have all the latest news possible and i have to wait until a podcast comes out until it's old so uh fellas any final thoughts before we sign off here no Oh, and a head shake. I thought I, it looked like Cam wanted to say something. Oh, no, I don't. I'm good. He's bluffing. He's bluffing. Thank you, though. Bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for tuning in to an emergency episode of Fantasy Football, fellas. Uh, we will see you all later this week. Deuces. Hey, 
Hey, thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any weekly content from us. Uh, you can visit our website, fantasyfootballfellas.com, to stay up to date as well. And follow us on social media as well, FFFellas on Twitter, the FFFellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. See y'all.